welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. Your Cancer Guy. And here we are again with another episode and another phenomenal guest. Yes, we are traveling right here in California, Los Angeles, California, to be in fact, and to be exact. So my goodness, have you ever thought about the power of nutrition? You know, a lot of times we hear, we hear, we hear sayings and we don't know where they come from, right? You are what you eat. Let thy food be thy medicine. But how does that play a role when it comes to um, a cancer patient? Right. How does that play a role if you're a family member or a loved one and how you can prepare foods for for your for your loved one? If you're a caregiver and you're in that position, how do you go about knowing what to shop for? What's the best for that individual? Right. And then as you're going through chemotherapy or radiation or getting ready for surgery, is there certain foods that can help you? Right. Is there anything that's um, involving gut health that is a factor? when it comes to being diagnosed with cancer and moving forward as you're going through uh, this cancer journey. Well, today we're going to be going, getting into that. And we're going to talk to someone who is a specialist, a nutritional specialist, a nutritional specialist when it comes to oncology. And please help me to bring in Tamar Rothenberg. Tamar, welcome to All Talk Oncology. Thanks, Kenny. I feel like I'm in the right place. Yes, yes, you are in the right place. You know, this is what we do here tomorrow. We, we talk about it all, all talk oncology. We want to make sure we cover all bases. And, you know, sometimes I feel that the nutritional aspect of it kind of gets overlooked. And so I'm so glad that you, you've taken on um, to come to be our guest today. And it's a, it's a privilege. And so let's get started. Let, tell us a little bit about your background. Who is Tamar? How did you end up in this place where we're at today? So, uh, of course, you know, there are things you can control in life and things you can't. <laughs> so I uh, was not a dietitian when I was diagnosed. I had stage three breast cancer, hormone positive. Um, no one in the family had had it. It was a complete shock. But it turns out, um, and this is why it's important to get tested, genetic testing that um, my mother had had melanoma, my grandmother had had pancreatic cancer, and they both uh, passed away from it. And that is the hallmark of the BRCA2 gene. So um, it comes out, it can come out in different forms in different families. So, um, and then while I was going through treatment, which everyone knows is, is rough, um, you know, bunch of surgeries, chemo, all that, I, uh, when I, ended up in kind of the survivorship mode, I was referred to a dietitian, an oncology dietitian, and I thought, this is amazing. How come people don't know about this? Um, and I had such a good experience, and I just thought nutrition can really, really support you um, during your different, you know, times during and before, during, and after your cancer experience. So um, this uh, oncology dietitian really mentored me, helped me, you know, learn about the different programs. And I did go back to school, got my master's in nutritional science, and then the registered dietitian degree, which is something I really wanted because then you're able to work clinically with patients. And that was very important to me. 
So um, that's where I ended up. And I started, uh, opened my private practice and started seeing uh, clients. And, you know, we always think about only the people who have been diagnosed, which is very important. But in breast cancer, there's people at very high risk who know that now that they have a genetic uh, risk, whether it's BRCA1, 2, or um, many other uh, genetic mutations we've found out about since. And that's also uh, an important time to uh, focus on your nutrition and lifestyle changes and uh, really to support yourself, not necessarily prevent. We don't have anything that really prevents cancer, but we can reduce the risk of breast cancer for sure by uh, certain things, lifestyle changes. Yeah, for sure. Well, I tell you what, that whatever information you received, it definitely motivated you. I mean, look at look at what happened. You went back to school to become, you know, a dietitian and getting your RD certification. That that's huge. So tell tell us what was your thought process about food prior to moving forward, prior to getting this this understanding of how important nutrition is in all aspects, but and most importantly with cancer. Right. So I, I, and I find a lot of this now in my clients, there's a lot of blame, self-blame. I must've done something wrong. I, you know, I have clients tell me, oh, I had soda every day. That's probably what did it. Or I didn't eat enough fruits and vegetables. You know, all these things uh, are part of lifestyle changes, but that's not the cause of your breast cancer. We still don't know the cause of specifically breast cancer. It could be a combination of many, many things. So it's never about self-blame. It's just moving forward, starting where you are, um, empowering yourself, not, um, you know, passing judgment on what you're eating. And uh, it, it is very important um, at all, um, you know, throughout your cancer journey, what will help you. And some people like clients, they're going through chemo, for example, and they're told just eat whatever you can eat. They're very upset about it, right? Like, no, I, I want to support my body during cancer. But maybe that is the best thing for you at this time, even though it doesn't seem like it's very healthy. For example, if you're losing weight, um, if you're not, uh, or if you're losing muscle, then there are some important foods you'll need to include, which maybe you thought weren't as healthy, like white rice, if your stomach is upset. That is the best thing you're going to eat. Um, and a lot of people don't feel that that's a good thing to eat. But I say, you know, white rice will really support you now. And it, it's fortified. It's like a multivitamin. So go for it. You know, Tamar, it, you, such, such a great point that you brought up, right? Because blaming ourselves, we, we realize deep down that nutrition, certain things are not good to eat, right? We talk about fast food or things like that, processed foods. We understand when it's time to go on a quote unquote diet, then we know that there are certain foods that we probably should stay away from. So how, how can you not think about, wow, the things I put in my body maybe may have affected me, right? Because now you, you, you're looking for answers and you're looking for some type of direction. What is it about nutrition that you can explain to us that can help? Right. I mean, we're not going to say, well, you have cancer and continue eating this certain type of foods, are we? Right. So that that's really a good observation to think about it that way. 
So there's two things I like to focus on. One is uh, what are the foods that support uh, breast health or after breast cancer, um, you know, reducing your risk? And that's going to be very specific for breast cancer. And then there are other foods that will support you as you age so you don't develop chronic conditions. And some of them do overlap. But we do have to think about both those goalposts, right? You know, what's going to reduce my risk of breast cancer? What's also going to support me as I age? Because there are certain things that um, we're more at risk for, like heart health, um, you know, um, cognition that may be more affected after you've had medical treatments. Um, bone health is directly affected by aromatase inhibitors. That's the hormonal therapy. So we do have to focus more on these foods than maybe someone who hadn't been through these medical treatments or or had cancer. So these are very important things to support us. So we age well, um, despite a cancer diagnosis. And uh, or if we have advanced cancer, then there are certain uh, ways that we can maybe keep fatigue at bay and other things that can support us so that we have a better quality of life. So walk us through, you know, walk, walk us through your experience. I mean, that, I think that's, that's the unique thing, right? You, it, you, you had your own experience prior to being diagnosed. What were, what was life like for Tamar? Well, <laughs> you're going to live forever, right? And then the cancer diagnosed hits. And the first thing, you're, you're terrified. Am I going to die? I have a young child. I have a husband. I have a career. I have friends. You know, your life is in upheaval. There's no, there's no other way to, to look around. And, um, and, of course, you notice who your real friends are because the ones who are scared will drop away. <laughs> That's a very common occurrence. Um, so, you know, now I can, I, I think it's also very different as a healthcare provider. I hear this from many doctors who themselves were diagnosed with cancer, that once they became a patient, they were a totally different healthcare provider, like they had a different perspective. And it doesn't mean if you didn't have cancer, you can't uh, treat somebody, but it did bring another dimension to their care. And that's what I feel like it brought me. Like I can recognize when somebody's going through something. Oh yeah, I know. I know what that feels like. Um, I don't know what it feels like for you, but I remember what it felt like for me. So that I think that's really important for me that I can relate more to. You know, I don't dismiss side effects. I I take them very seriously because. If, for example, if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to eat well the next day, and then you're going to feel even worse. So we know these things are affecting um, every aspect of your life, emotionally, physically, um, so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, I, me, myself, I, I've, I, I've come, I've kind of find myself being the jack of all trades, right? And I've, I've, I've been in the fitness industry now for quite some time. And what I've learned through, through nutrition is that it transforms your body. If you eat certain type of foods daily and you do a certain type of uh, exercise, a certain type of regimen, then your body's going to respond a in a certain way. And so for me, understanding how powerful food is, 
and from the transfer transformation standpoint, you apply that from you apply that to what a cancer patient may be going through, and then the power of nutrition. So that's why I was asking, you know, your diet prior to right because it wasn't until your diagnosis that you really started to understand nutrition um, from from a, a huge at, from a huge point of view. What was life like when, from a nutritional standpoint for you prior to that? I, I don't think I took it as seriously, but I always liked, you know, food that made my body feel good. So that was, that was just part of my natural way of eating. And I grew up um, eating uh, a lot, you know, I grew up on a farm, so we ate lots of fruits and vegetables already. So that was something I enjoyed. Um, but then, uh, yes, I did take it uh, more seriously when I was diagnosed and I wanted more specifics, like I wanted more structure around what to eat, how to eat. And now I also recognize that it's also important to enjoy your food, not just focus on, is this going to be bad for me? So I, I tend to, you know, really tell my clients, let's, let's see what you can add in instead of what you need to take out because it's just a better approach. It's more calming. It reduces your food fears. And let's see where we can add in things that'll that'll give you more energy, that'll make you feel better in the morning, that'll make you sleep better. We know nutrition is really important even for mental health now. Uh, that we there's so many good studies that show specific foods help with mood. Um, and with, uh, you know, especially after a cancer diagnosis, uh, there's huge anxieties around that. So, uh, and sleep is a big one that's disrupted by even hormonal therapies after breast cancer. And we, we know there are certain strategies that do work to help your sleep, uh, even through hot flashes. So, um, and do you want to hear one example of that that will support clients through that? Is that a question? I'm sorry. Oh, yes. It was the question. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. All my listeners would, would, would you know, not be happy if I didn't ask for an example, for sure. So a lot of, uh, you know, I'm sure this is uh, this has been heard a lot, but a lot of my clients are afraid of eating soy. That is like the bad food that nobody with hormonal cancer should be eating. Well, it's the complete opposite we know now. It was based on really bad research in mice where they gave them, you know, huge amounts of soy that you as a human could never eat. And they saw some tumor growth, but it doesn't translate to humans at all. And for many reasons, and they found that actually is protective. And if you're taking a drug like tamoxifen, you know, uh, to block estrogen, it actually works along the same pathway as tamoxifen and helps tamoxifen work better. So um, we do see that, for example, among Asian women, they barely have hot flashes. And uh, the studies have shown that it's probably because they eat way more soy than we do. And not having as many hot flashes, um, even with, you know, it, it is a little different because you're forced into menopause after breast cancer in most cases. But if your hot flashes are reduced, you will sleep better because that's what a lot of people are waking up from. So adding soy now we see even um, reduces recurrence. That was huge. That evidence just came out this year 
that, um, you know, we're dietitians, we were told really push the soy because it reduces recurrence. And it's still a hard thing because people are so used to hearing they shouldn't be eating it. So uh, uh, that's one of the things I really work on is reducing those kinds of fears. Well, it's extremely important, right? I mean, because one, a lot of times people are not thinking about cancer or educating themselves unless something happens, right? And it should it should be something as a, I say a common cold, right? We understand what what's needed for that, you know, educate. We've been educated about that. So why not educate ourselves about what's happening, uh, how we can prevent that nutrition, the things that are within our control and nutrition is one of them. And so let me ask you this question. You being going through some of the, the chemos and being diagnosed, as you know, Tamar, food doesn't taste the same when, when you're going through certain type of chemotherapies or treatments. Have you found a way that, uh, or a concoction or a recipe that people can palate a little bit better, you know, as they're going through these types of treatments? Yeah, you know, that's something oncology dietitians are really skilled in helping you through that. And it's very hard for me to see people who aren't going through, you know, who aren't referred to a dietitian and they're just suffering, really suffering when they don't need to. Um, If they had specific guidance, it would really help them. And also complete treatment, because we know that you'll do better, of course, if you complete treatment. So um, a lot of the symptoms that we think about with chemo, like throwing up all the time, that should not be happening anymore. I mean, we have better, you know, drugs also to counter nausea, but there are nutritional solutions. So it really, I work with what your side effects are. Do you have taste changes? Do you have a metallic taste? That's very common. Um, do things taste too sweet or too, you can't take spice, you know? So we work with your specific uh, side effect. Is your appetite lower? Um, do you get full very fast? You know, these are things that we have solutions for and you shouldn't be suffering through them. So, um, you know, these are very important um, solutions and they're not that hard. And it's really difficult for me to see that people aren't getting that advice when yeah. they need it most. Well, drop us a gem. You know, what is something that can help with the, with the taste? Give us, give us an example. Um, so like a common thing is actually things taste too sweet. And uh, we can fix that with adding a bit of citrus or lemon juice to your foods and um, maybe avoiding meat um, for people who have a metallic taste or avoiding um, or avoiding actually the, a key one is not using silverware if you have that metallic taste because it does make it worse. So you can use chopsticks, for example, and a lot of times that's the solution. These are very simple things that people should know about and um, they're not getting that, that they're not getting that access to the information. And a lot of the information out there, of course, as you know, about nutrition is, it worked for me, it's gotta work for you. It doesn't work like that with nutrition. It's very personalized, it's very individual. Um, and you know, when you're diagnosed, you immediately go to the web and start looking up stuff. Um, I look at this all the time and most of it is wrong. I would say like 80% is completely wrong. 
And it's that's the way it is. So we really have to look to health professionals for that advice and the right health professional, right? 100%. 100%. And I, and I always say that, right? You get you get advice, but always consult with your healthcare provider. And it's, it's extremely important. And, you know, certain areas, like you said, we, we were talking, uh, me and Tamar were talking a little bit earlier, and we talked about a lot of times people are very specific about what they're doing in their job, healthcare professionals. Me, you think about it, a radiation therapist, you know, I'm very specific about what I'm doing. You're coming in for treatment and that's what I'm doing for you. But outside of that, a lot of times you find that the healthcare professional doesn't really understand other aspects. And so this is why it's important to have these types of conversations uh, like we're having right now with Tamar so that we can educate ourselves and we can find ourselves not in a place where we're miserable, but the way that we're, 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 we're tolerating it, but in a good place, right? Because the cancer journey, uh, I've seen it, you know, I've seen, I've seen what that go, what people go through on that. And it can be, it can be very difficult if you don't have the right guidance in that. So I'm hoping that you're getting a lot of the gems that um, Tamar's talking to you about uh, nutrition being a very powerful tool that you can utilize and that you have control over. And so tomorrow getting into, you know, here you were, you've been diagnosed, you go through treatments, you understanding now, you get this education. What is what is your outlook now as you when you speak to individuals about nutrition and knowing what you've gone through? Yeah, I, you know what? What I learned the most was that we have to relax about food. Our body is very strong. It can handle a lot of things. Look at you know, if you've gone through chemo and radiation and surgeries and you're here, uh, you're still functioning, you know, maybe not as well as you'd like, but your body can take it. And so we have to go through different seasons in the cancer experience. There's you know, during chemo and then after or during radiation surgery. And there are things that support you there. And then in survivorship, it's going to look very different than when you were undergoing active treatment. So once you're in survivorship, then we can focus more on the foods that support you. So you avoid uh, chronic conditions or, you know, things like that. And so we have to understand that it is very personalized. Now we're seeing even with the medications that um, nutrition is becoming very personalized. Um, with immunotherapy, now we know that a high fiber diet, for example, with melanoma, these patients did a lot better on a high fiber diet. I mean, that's astounding. We're seeing direct results with gut health and nutrition. Um, and I wanna emphasize that even with um, you know, nutrition and cancer, that even if you do like, two thirds or one thirds of what you're supposed to do, you're still deriving benefit. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to, you know, go crazy eating in a certain way because of food fears. Your body will adjust. And of course, anything you give it will help it. But it can also handle the occasional desserts and the social, you know, and the holidays and your favorite cultural foods. We can't forget about them. They're very comforting. They offer us a lot of emotional nutrition. So the it's very important that we think, we don't think, you know, just in the box, but let's expand it a little 
and say, okay, most of my diet is good. That's really, that's great. That's a great change for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I love, I love that you brought that out, right? Starting out incrementally, right? You want to, you want to continuously add good things into your diet. And a lot of times we try to make these changes so quickly. Like we was, we drop everything that we were doing and we try to go healthy in one specific way. And that only lasts a, a specific amount of time, right? It only lasts for before you crash. Um, and so adding something slowly as you go through the process will main, will allow you to maintain that, that's that type of lifestyle. Would you not agree with that tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. That's the only way I work as well. I, I've had clients that decided to go vegan, which actually that's one of my specialties. I have a certificate of training in, in vegan nutrition and vegetarian, but it may not be right for you at that pace. And those are the people who might drop it. Um, you have to have a much more balanced diet and think about, you know, um, adding on certain supplements, which doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the vegan diet. It just means these are things you need to do. So um, it's very important that we pick something that aligns with our values. What's going to be very important to you? Um, For some people, maybe it'll be, um, you know, uh, animal rights. And so they do want to go vegan and and that resonates with them. Well, that's perfect because then then you're reducing your risk of cancer and you're helping animals. So that's a wonderful thing that aligns with your values. So pick one thing that really you feel is important to you that aligns with your values and you're more likely to continue that path and pick something very small. Like if I tell, let's say somebody wants to make a recipe and and they're all gung-ho and I'm like, you have a sheet pan. They're like, no. I said, okay, that's your first step. Just buy the sheet pan. Don't make the recipe yet, right? So that's more likely for you to continue when you have that incremental success. I love it. I love it. You know, the motivation is there. And I say say to anyone that's listening and that is looking for the nutritional value as they go through this journey, you know, my hat goes off to you and you know, keep that motivation. You know, there's, there's, there's ways to find nutritional secrets and gems. And speaking of gems and secrets, tomorrow you, you have a book on about nutrition. Is that correct? Yes. Thank you. It came out last year and it's a labor of love (laughs) and um, it is called cancer diet for the newly diagnosed an integrative guide. Uh, It's really a guide for all you know, aspects of the cancer diagnosis and then into survivorship. And there's 75 recipes that I try to make very easy. So you can do it during active treatment or not, or a caregiver can do it. And I worked with a wonderful chef who's also a dietitian, and that's a great mix, Carrie Gabriel. And we worked together on this book and uh, I'm very proud of it. And I, I've heard it's very helpful, so I'm glad. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You're giving, you're giving individuals tools that they can utilize along this journey. And that's, that right there is, is priceless. So thank you for that. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to, to reading that book as well, because I'm always in the kitchen doing something, food prepping, whatnot. Like I said, having that background in fitness, 
you learn to do that. It's, it's like second nature to me. So to have a different recipes that we can add in and whatnot. Yeah, I would love that. It's true. Cooking is a health behavior. We tend to dismiss it. And the food companies, the manufacturers have convinced us we can't cook anymore. We have to buy everything pre-made. And it's not necessarily true. We do, you know, maybe we didn't learn from our parents to cook, but there's certain dishes you can whip together that are incredibly nutritious, you know, uh, beans in anything or uh, a bean-based dip, which is really easy and, you know, put some fresh vegetables to dip in. This is something you could do very quickly and um, you don't have to buy a pre-made um, dish. Now, of course, if you're strapped for time, there are pre-made things you could buy to help you put the dish together. But, you know, I just think it's, uh, they've convinced us we can't cook anymore. And the cooking shows we watch, right? They're incredibly complicated and and it doesn't have to be like that. We can make very simple, even our cultural foods are usually very simple foods that are delicious and comforting and nutritious. I love it. I love it. I, I, I love what you said earlier, too. You talked about, you know, not necessarily being so extreme and still being able to enjoy some of those foods that you you have over maybe the holidays or something you're craving and, and you just may feel, oh, my goodness, that's not going to be good for me overall. But, you know, sometimes it's it's treating yourself. You know, it's not necessarily keeping that lifestyle every day. It's what you were saying. Right. It's just about, hey, treating, answering that craving, but then getting back on on board as far as your everyday eating. Is that is that something that you were kind of talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I don't even call it a treat. It's normal eating, right? We can't live without some of those foods. So um, just move on, have it, move on, have it in a dose that actually feels good to your body. And that takes some practice. I actually teach uh, that skill to people because we've lost that skill. We knew it as children, right? When you were a child, there's no way you could overeat when you were really young. It was like, I'm full, I'm done. But we lose that as adults for many reasons. So uh, it's a skill. It's a practice that we can bring back into our lives. And so we can have those foods. And I do want to point out that we've gone, we're now no longer in nutritional science focusing on just this food and have just this food. It's the whole pattern of eating that's really important. So that's why you can fit those foods into your lifestyle and enjoy them. And I see people abandon their cultural foods, and, and that's a great loss. You should keep those in um, and not try to change them. In fact, keep them as is because they're food memories. They're very important. Yeah. Great, great advice. Great advice. So talk to us a little bit here. You know, you now, how, how long has it been now since you've, you've gone, you've been cancer-free? or you're the last treatment or whatnot? Yeah, it's about 15 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's always in the back of your mind. It's now, it's, it becomes, you know, at the beginning it's overwhelming and now it's kind of a footnote. It's there. <laughs> I know it's there. And I'm, you know, careful about what I eat and I, I, uh, I do exercise. That's another critical thing. That's really, really important for many reasons, right? For not just, cancer, but for mood, for, um, you know, preventing other diseases. Um, and I just, it makes me feel good when I exercise. So I like that. 
Um, but if we could put that in a pill, oh my gosh, because it can reduce recurrence by almost 50%. So we, you know, we never see it in those terms. We really have to view exercise as something you want to do that you enjoy, right? You would probably have better tips than me. But, um, you know, I do come up with different ideas for people who think they have to go to the gym. No, you could dance at home with your kids. That's, wow, that's fun, right? So uh, we have to, you know, kind of expand our notion of what exercise really is. Um, and then I forgot where I'm going now. <laughs> so I no, went off no, no, it's, a, it's quite, it's quite all right. You know, absolutely. Dancing is a form of cardio. If we get, we get our heart rates to a certain level and, you know, that's the joy dancing. Who doesn't love dancing? And sometimes when you're not feeling good, right? Sometimes they say, fake it till you make it. And being able to be at home and putting on some music that you truly enjoy uh, and finding yourself, you know, dancing away can be a great form to get those uh, endorphins going. So uh, 100%, you know, what I wanted to talk about is a lot of times tomorrow, people do not know where to go when it comes to this aspect, right? We're very, we're talking about a very specific topic, you know, a diet during you know, your, your cancer treatments or life after cancer, what does diet look like? Is there resources that people can go to? Is there something that you're involved with that um, you can throw out that may be a gem for those who are listening in? Well, first of all, ask your clinic. Every clinic has dietitians, right? Um, they may be very busy, but ask, ask to see them. Um, a lot of times it, in, if it's in the clinic, it will be covered by your insurance. You have to check, but they're a great resource, especially during chemo for the exact things I was talking about, taste changes. Um, and then a lot of them now have survivorship groups and there's, um, they're very important because I've spoken to a lot of them about nutrition. They always have some segment on nutrition as well. So tap into what your cancer clinic is offering in LA. We do have some really great ones. Um, and then get a referral. If there isn't one in the clinic, get a referral to a, a dietitian, or um, you could go to eatright.org and they have a list of dietitians in your area. You punch in your, your zip code and check them out. It's like finding a therapist, see who speaks to you if they're you know, the kind of uh, person that you'd feel comfortable working with. And uh, so that's a couple of ways to do that. And then um, for me, actually, if you're um, at high risk or going through breast or ovarian cancer, I work with this organization called Charcheret, where you can apply for free nutrition coaching with me or another dietitian. Um, I offer a one-on-one -on -one and she offers the group one. And uh, that's happening this year. So you can go to their website and apply um, whether you're in L.A. or not. That's a fantastic resource and it's funded by Cedar sinai in L.A. So worth investigating as well. And then there are, you know, I try not to, try not to Google everything because it, a lot of it will be wrong. And yes, I did check chat GPT and it's not what you want either. So not yet. Um, so Dr. Google is not your friend. Try to go to um, a hospital websites. They usually have good 
um, websites for nutritional. Um, the NIH has a great cancer.org, uh, cancer.gov website where they have um, different um, brochures and things like that. But again, that's going to be very general, not specific to, to what you are going through. So you do want to work with somebody closely, I think. Yeah. Thank you for that. Those, those are some nice gems. And I, and I hope you guys can get that, write that down and, and, and take a look at those websites because these are the things that are going to help you, right? Sometimes you don't know where to go, but dropping the gems tomorrow, you've definitely given us uh, some guidance on where we can, we can go to find the answers. And, you know, one of the things too, as a cancer coach, I understand a lot of times it starts with our minds, right? Because anxiety and fear, what do we do? The desperation of, oh my God, I need to change things right away happens. And as a, as a cancer coach, I, I see my clients go through that. And so I came up with a program and it's called, it starts with your mind. And it's about having the right mindset as you go through this cancer journey. And you can find that or yourcancerguide.com. You know, it's hard, it starts with your mind. How do you get the mindset in order to be, uh, take this step day to day? And that's what I help you out with. So to be able to have people like tomorrow come on to the show and talk to you about dietitian, myself putting up programs that are going to allow you to have um, a better start on this journey. That's our whole goal. We want to make sure that we're helping you along the way and that you're not alone in this and we're in this together. So Tamar, thank you so much for joining us here at All Talk on College. It's a, it's a privilege to have you. You've given us so much, so many gems. We have your book now. We have websites we can go to. But before we let you go, is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners before you, before you depart? I think the most important thing is you did not cause your cancer. There was nothing you ate. There was no one food that did this. Um, there's no blame and there's no shame. Let's just move forward, um, you know, and get the right foods for your, um, what for your needs, whether it's mood or gut health, there are many different, uh, ways to approach it. And your approach is going to be very individual. So, um, just move forward, um, small changes, better, not perfect. That's really the, the mantra here. I love it. You're talking to someone who's now been 15 years cancer-free. She knows what she's talking about. Make sure you take a look at those resources she's given you. Tamar, it's a privilege. Thank you so much for joining us on All Talk Oncology. And as I say to every single listener, every time, you're not alone in this. We're in this together. This is Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. Your Cancer Guy. Until again, I'm out. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.